The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Media Mash, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. It's not Nui, but we are live in direct from the Dallas Cowboys headquarters here in Frisco. It is the Media Mash, and uh, I got three gentlemen with me that are going to make me feel much smarter. Every time I'm around Clarence Hill Jr., I feel a little bit smarter. He's a goat. Uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram is in the building. My man, Saad Youssef, with the... Athletic. Athletic. (laughs) I ain't going to mess that up. I'm not going to mess that up. My man John Jock Taylor is in the building from the Dallas Morning News. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. That was like, that like a decade ago. Used to be. <laughs> All right. Well, look, like you said, you learn something new every day. So okay, let, me, let me just set it up. This is John Jock Taylor of JJT Media Group. Deion Sanders' own biographer has got a book out on Deion Sanders, The Making of Men. Okay. Longtime Cowboys beat writer. Who's the only one that's I was going to get to all of that. And I messed all that up with the Dallas Morning Noon stuff. The only one at this table that's covered the Super Bowl. The only one. That's covered the Super Bowl. With the Cowboys in it. With the Cowboys in it. That holds weight. (laughs) That that holds a lot of weight. He was here in 95. (laughs) So wait a minute. The other day when you said you were covering the team longer than him, it was he's because he long, wasn't in the room. No, he's the longest tenured beat writer. Well, so he, he, okay. He took a hiatus. He 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 don't cover the beat no more. <laughs> okay, so that's what we count all the years. Put it all together. I put it all together. Hey man, I'm gonna order that book and I need it signed. I got you. Okay, that's what that's what I need. Fellas, uh glad to have y'all here for the media mash. And I wanna ask y'all the October 31st, 3 p.m. came and it went, okay? And a lot of people had a lot to say about the trade deadline and what the Cowboys were going to do and what they did not do. What were your feelings on it? John Jock, I'll start with you since I messed it up so bad, man. My <laughs> no, man. Uh, I don't really get all that caught up in it. Uh, I think there's some subtle moves they could have made. But the thing about it is, for the most part, to me, all the players who were added to other teams, most of them are what? They got flaws. So they were traded for a reason. They were traded for third and fourth round picks. Like Chase Young, my Buckeye brother. Okay, he's a guy with potential, but right. it's not like he's done anything because if he did anything, guess what? He wouldn't be traded. They'd be trying to sign him. Right. Now, you know, some guys you hope we're getting because maybe they can make a play at some point to help us win a game. It's not that this is a perfect team, but I'm just not all bent out of shape because they didn't do anything. It's a double-edged sword for me. I think you don't want to do something just for the sake of doing something. The same way we talk about this with coaches being fired or changing players and stuff, you don't want to do it just for the sake of change. you got to have something better on the horizon. And uh, and, and like, like JJT said, I don't know if that was necessarily out there in, in bunches. I, I do think they could have upgraded at different positions. Uh, but at the same time, another thing you have to consider is that this is a team that drafts really well. And you see this with Micah Parsons' contract coming up, C.D. Lamb coming up, Trayvon just signed. You All these guys in-house, Dak Prescott, they signed. So they should be a little bit more reluctant to just give out their premium draft picks for a rental. So I, th- I, I see it both ways. At some point, you do want to go all in the way the Rams did a few years ago. But again, that's not, that's not their way. That's not their way of doing things. And also, the last thing for me on that is it wasn't a midseason trade, but Brandon Cooks and, uh, and Stephon Gilmore were both trade acquisitions. They did, they did make moves. Uh, to upgrade the roster. It was just at a different time. Let, let, let's handle this logically for one minute. 
the the issue, the main issue is this: the Cowboys did not have any capital because they don't have a fourth round pick, they don't have a fifth round pick, they don't have a sixth round pick in this year's draft to trade with. And those are premium pick or picks that you a lot of guys would move for fourth, fifth, middle round picks. They don't have them in the draft. Certainly, they're they gonna get some later picks. You know, when it comes to compensatory, at, you know, in the spring. But right now, because you traded for Trey Lance, you don't have a fourth round pick. You know, uh, you don't have a fifth round pick. You don't have a sixth round pick uh, for for other moves they made. Uh, so that limited what they can do unless they're going to trade a first, second, or third. And if you're going to trade a first, second, or third, you're really not doing that for a rental. You know, you're, right. you, you can, you're not doing that for a rental. On the flip side, the frustrating thing for Cowboys fans is this. Yeah, you you made your moves in offseason, and you got Brandon Cooks, and, and you got uh, Gilmore. But everybody had opportunity to make moves in offseason, okay? Now that we're in the season, and you know where you are, and where everybody knows you're jockeying for position. Other teams are now making more moves to improve their lot, to, to, to improve their lot for the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys are standing pat. That's the frustrating thing. You say they drafted well and they, and they you know, have done well, but you don't get Super Bowls for drafting well. You, know, you don't get Super Bowls for balancing the cap. And then make sure they got money two years from now. About, are we talking about what fans think? Because, no, we're, just, we're just talking. I mean, let, let me, can I finish my thought just for a second? Yeah, because what fans think, I it's, mean, they think Trey Lance ought to be the starting quarterback. No, well, some of them do. Some of them think, you know, Cooper should be too. But that's not the point. <laughs> the, the bottom line is this. Whether it's fans or whoever else, the bottom line is your way has not worked in 30 years. Right. So try something different. So, so, so try something different. You know, again, that's the frustrating thing. Certainly, logically, I'm telling you, they don't have the capital, but it, you understand the gnashing of teeth when the 49ers, who spent, got a lot of talent, they made moves in the offseason, and they go get a Chase Young. Whether Chase Young is who we thought he was, adding Chase Young to that defense line is scary. Especially after Randy scary. Gregory oh, a few it, weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're adding capital. Randy Gregory wasn't scared. Uh, again, they're adding pieces to that defensive line. Seattle added Leonard Young to go and, and help their team. Detroit made moves. The Eagles, after everything they've done in the offseason, they go get uh, Kevin Biard, a safety, to help fulfill holes in the secondary that the Cowboys, that, that, that they have. They go get, whether you want to think Julio Jones is a big deal or not, they already have a great receiving core. They still wouldn't got Julio. Well, Julio and, Jones is what I'm talking about. And they wouldn't, added, they wouldn't add him to the receiving core. I'm just saying that they're, and he was out there for the Cowboys. They had to their receiving core. Uh, or, you know, or, or just like, uh, what's the running back uh, that was with Sam, uh, Tampa Bay that went to Buffalo? Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. We talk about, you know, them needing, you know, a hammer in the running game. You know, he could have been potentially that, that that piece, but the Cowboys did nothing. And and I think that's where Clarence people are kind of up in arms yeah. because you see Philly, and whether you call it making a move just to make a move, but they are satisfying the masses by going out and getting. Well, they're a not satisfied. I don't think they're. I mean, let's let's not. Words matter. I don't think they're making moves to satisfy the masses. They're doing things they think they need to do to help improve their team, and they're leaving no stone unturned. That too, and the, and the thing is, at the end of the day, it looks like this is a a roster that has gone from great to Super Bowl caliber as from where they were last season. And you guys covering the Cowboys as long as you have, you know what that Super Bowl roster looked like. Now, I've asked you this, this question about this roster, and, and I don't want to feel like I'm seeing something that other people aren't, but I feel like coming into the trade deadline, there could have been some pieces that you could have added. Like what? 
I mean, you, for, for your wide receiver, I felt like your wide receiver room was lacking. I felt like your running back room was lacking. I feel I felt like there was a piece that you needed to add in your defensive line or either at your linebacker position. There was something that you needed to do to fortify, at least make better what is already good. I, th- I think the wide receiver one, you just need your guys to step up. This isn't this isn't 2018 where you got to go get someone to get you up to average. You need Michael Gallup to play better. You need Cooks to be more involved. You need CD to be involved. Um, on the running game, I hear you. And, and on the defensive line, I still wonder if they at some point, if the defensive line, for example, um, you know, gets to a point where they need more help, if you go out and get like a Sue or something like that, someone who's already out there on the street. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, no, no, I, I, mean, I hear they you. They did this with T.Y. Hilton last year, right? They did it with T.Y. Hilton. Linebacker, cornerback, those are positions they could have potentially added a piece. They didn't, and 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 it's 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 great to say you like your roster. Certainly, you like what Bell has done at linebacker and plays Leighton Vanderess. You still don't know what Leighton Vanderess is going to be towards the end of the season. Right. But at some point, maybe is, is his size going to going to get you in trouble? Is is, is he too small at two? Marquise Bell. Yeah. yeah. At, at two hundred fifteen pounds, you need a bigger guy in there, a, a traditional linebacker type in there. And those are the type of things that I, I thought they could have addressed with with some potential guys out there. But but again. What would it cost? And, and and you have to weigh the cost. And, and again, when you don't have a fourth, fifth, or a sixth round pick, that makes it tough. I think that's where someone like Ndamukong Sue is, is a little yeah. bit more of an on option the down there. Yeah, he's, he's on the street. So I, th- I think that could be an option down the road. Now, you guys as, as writers, this is Philly week. Everybody knows what this is about. And you've been writing these articles on the Philadelphia Eagles and, and what this matchup has been like over the years. And John Jock, I'll start with you. What do you think about this matchup for the Dallas Cowboys? A lot of people are putting this in the must-win category from a divisional aspect. I think they all are. But what are your thoughts going into this game for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, can they play better than they played against San Francisco the last time they had a big-time game? I mean, that's really just what I want to see. Uh, obviously, everybody knows the Eagles are good uh, championship caliber. So it's time to see. It's time for you to have your second chance to show that you a championship caliber team. Because you don't have no problem beating up on these bad teams or these average teams. We okay. know you could do that. But uh, it's a different kind of thing here. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Uh, I think it'll be tightly contested. And it's a matter of, you know, like, will the offense show up? I feel like the defense will show up. I have no idea if the, if the offense will. So you're not impressed by the wins versus the, the Jets or uh, the L.A. Rams? I mean, or... they get credit for it, but can we, yeah, yeah. Some, can we see them be some good teams? Okay. Because none of those teams are getting good. And so, can we see them beat some good teams? And they, I mean, they got good teams coming up. This is just the next one. And so, yeah, can you beat Philly up there? Get back to six and two, be tied for the division. That'd be a big deal. And be tied for the conference. I mean, I mean, that's the other thing. If they win this week, they're tied atop the conference. Um, you know, with the Detroit Lions and stuff. And also, to your point about about you know not beating quality competition, if they don't take care of business here, after this, it's gonna it's gonna be a while before. They have a chance to prove themselves again because after this, you got the Giants, then the Panthers, then the Commanders. And then after that, once you do get back to your next chance to prove yourself, you're entering an absolute gauntlet towards the end of the season where you got Seattle, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit all back to back. So they need to do this one to feel something better about themselves uh, before they do go again to another three weeks of a cupcake schedule. See, I, 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 um, I'm pausing on making a referendum on this game. Now, they can't do what they did against the 49ers. But 
losing the game is not the end of the season. Not showing yeah. up is yeah no that's two different things. They can't do it yeah. against the 49ers. But I'm ready. you know losing the game is not the end of the season because you have them at home. You know, and you're better at home, and they should win it on the road. It's why Vegas has a three-point favorite, which is a, is a push. But you know, I, I you know I'm glad you brought the schedule because I think the Cowboys need to go five, and they have four of the next six games at home really before a ten-day break before they play the Eagles again at, at home. Um, they need to go five and win that stretch. You know, and 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 certainly that Seattle game on the back end of that is, is important because that's going to be the toughest team. But you got Philly. It's going to be a push. You know, they may win, may lose. They probably will lose on the road in Philly. That's just what it is. But, of course, you have to factor in how the success Dak has had against the Eagles when he's played quarterback. But you got Carolina, you got Giants, you got Washington, you got Seattle. This is an important stretch. And and and, and I, 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 I pause with saying that because they haven't beat any good teams. And record-wise, no, but they've – They've done what they're supposed to do against those teams. You know, we compare what what the 49ers did against the Rams. We compare what uh, the Eagles did against the Rams. They didn't do what the Cowboys did against the Rams. Right. The Rams team, uh, the record is is what it is. But that defense, they only given up four passing touchdowns all season. Four. Right. In seven games. Four. They gave that up Sunday. And they gave up four Sunday against Dak Prescott. Right. And so we can't say what well, Dak did it and he had the success is not that big of a deal because it was against a bad Rams team. That defense gave him four brush, four passing touchdowns all season. But Clarence, why are you reluctant to call this a, a, a must win in the face of the scrutiny that's gonna come from the media if you have that repeat performance like you did versus the 49ers nah, I, or you lose this game? Repeat performance is, is is a whole different level. If you get blown out, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But the we can't. Is you can play good and lose. Yeah, you can play. Good this team. is a good team. It's on the road. I mean, and, and and certainly you would love to win the game. It would really say a lot about you and your season and and where you plan to go. But I don't think it's the end of the world if you lose the game. You just can't go 42 to 10. You can't, you know, go belly up. Is what you did in no show, because that 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 puts a different referendum on who you are. But I mean, it's not an embarrassment to lose to a team that has the best record in the league in a close game at their place. Yeah, I think going into the 49ers game, that whole this is a this is a uh, measuring stick game, maybe fed into what end of the end of the end of the world kind of mentality that went into that game yes. and you got embarrassed 42 to 10. This is a division foe that you know you're going to have to see again and you may have to get through in the playoffs. And and, and unlike the 49ers, let's be honest about this. Unlike the 49ers who you had not had success against, you you have success, have have had success and against had the Eagles. And 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 Dak has had known nothing but success against the Eagles. So it's just a different mindset, different mentality going to this game than the 49ers game. I also think I also think that and you know, players can say Brandon Cook said this today in the locker room where they're not measuring up against other teams and standings and things like that. But it's November. It's getting to that point where you start looking at that stuff. And, you know, if the Cowboys take care of the Eagles, like I said, they they control their own destiny for the top seed in the conference. I'm obviously a lot of football left to be played, but they'll be top of the conference and they'll have a lot of football ahead of them. I mean, the, the goal is to win a division. Okay. And division game, you know, division games matter. If you're trying to win it, that's the first goal. Win Absolutely. Division, okay. And so they understand the importance of the game and they don't need to look at standings or whatever else. It's the Eagles. They're the division defending champs. They got the best record in the league. They're in your division. They know this is a game that that's, that's going to be big and it's important uh, to try to win, especially on the road. 
Man, I love that. This is this is this is big time. But this is big time football. This Sunday, everybody's watching. Got their eyes on this Dallas Cowboys. You know, it's, it's funny because we've been covering this team a long time, and, and yeah. you know, I, we was talking to Curse today, and he was talking about you know since he's been there, the Eagles have been the the, the, the story. You know, and I remember when they were the Giants. Or I can go back when I was a child and it was the Redskins. And who was the biggest rival for the Cowboys? All of them are the Cowboys' biggest. The Cowboys are their biggest rivals. But as far as the Cowboys are concerned, you know, during the Rumble era, it was it was the Giants. You know, and OC and, and, and all those guys, It was You're that right. was their biggest rival. That's who they had fights against and all this stuff. And before that, it was, it was Washington. And, and now it's the Eagles. It's, but it's always the Cowboys. But because they're always playing for something. But it's, it's just interesting how the cycle is going. Now Philadelphia is the big dog the Cowboys have to play against. Not necessarily the Giants in Washington anymore. You know, Clarence, I, I had a conversation with you last season about this team. And you alluded to pedigree in this roster and having the pedigree to be a championship-level team. This year, do you see that pedigree? I mean, you know, I, I, I've been all over the place because, you know, we, we, we've been so long talking about the, the stepping stones to winning. And as the Rangers are showing us, champions seize it. You know, you don't necessarily have to go through no process. You know, and we've seen teams in the NFL do the same thing. You know, the, the Eagles. Eagles, Eagles, when they won, they just just go do it. When the Giants won and, and took it from the Cowboys and the Patriots, you know, that championship stuff rises. You go back to when the Cowboys first started in the, in, in the 90s, and they were a year away in 92. They weren't supposed to win in 92, but champions rise to the occasion and seize their moment. I'm waiting for this team to seize their moment. I don't, you know, I don't know if it's pedigree or whatever else, but, but it, it's time to show up and show out, and if you truly are meant to be living to your championship destiny. Pedigree. I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I think there is something to it and the building blocks and all that kind of stuff, but I think at some point you and, – and, and the Cowboys have had a lot of this with the 49ers in recent years as well. So at this point, it's kind of all on the table. They just got to go out there and do it. Go and take it. What's the Rangers' motto? Go and take go it. Go and take it. Go and take that thing. It's time to go take that thing. It's been 30 years since you covered the Super Bowl, so <laughs> it's always, it's, it's you would about, know. It's always about your best players showing up at winning time. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Corey Seager. Look at Marcus Simeon. Mark Simeon ain't done nothing. Now, in the moment it presents itself, oh, <laughs> here I go. Yeah. Um, and so your best players got to lead the way. Your best players got to play their best football at winning time. And if they're going to win this week, guess what? Dak going to ball out. CeeDee Lamb going to ball out. Mike is going to ball out. Tank will ball out. Their best players will ball out if they win this yeah, week. Yeah, and, 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 and as we all know, and it's just, that's the whole narrative with the Cowboys. They can win this week. They can win next week. But what are they going to do in the playoffs? <laughs> the question we got questions on questions. Yeah, even that be San Francisco, but can you do it in the playoffs? I mean, because <laughs> that, that that's the monkey on the Cowboys. What you gonna do in December? And you know, it's funny because it's hard not to refer to the Rangers and even going back to the Mavs. I mean, when they want the favorite, just go and seize that thing. You know, your players, your best players, show play your best. Happened? Their best players yeah, showed up. You know, and, and yeah. you know whether it's Corey Seager, whether you know or uh, Garcia, who was given away. Yeah. You know, he's 30. You know, he ain't no young cat. People think, you know, he's 30 years old. He's been around this thing. St. Louis basically gave him to the— For to, consideration. <laughs> for consideration. <laughs> but those guys are living into their moment. Living into, not, you listen, and, and I, you know, and I go back to, you know, you go back to the Rumble era and all those guys, and they did, you know, you Cabo, whatever, whatever the reason, dropping his fumble in Seattle. You know, when it was time to win, they didn't do it. And that's the same destiny uh, right now or the same rap on this— era of Cowboys when it's time to win 
they didn't get it done. And it, it's, you know, time out for this time for y'all to show up when it matters most. Hey, man, this is Media Mash. As we continue, we're going to take our first break. I got Clarence here, Junior. I got Saad Youssef from The Athletic. <laughs> like got it. Say that. I keep messing it up, man. Just like I was <laughs> so athletic. busy trying to the athletic. I keep doing that. Then I just John Jock Taylor, my man, I can't believe I just did that. But Clarence got it right. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. See? Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys. VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Back here on the Media Mash, I'm Heckman Harrison, Clarence Hill, Junior Saad, yourself, and John Jock Taylor is in the building. Man, we've talked a lot in the first uh, about the expectations. Is this a must win? Now I want to gravitate towards this offense and, man, the, the kind of performance that they have to have versus a really good, a still very good uh, Philadelphia Eagles defense. The Philadelphia Eagles, as we've talked about, they have gone out and gotten better uh, at the safety position. Um, obviously, their cornerbacks are really good. They've drafted really well with bringing in a Jalen Carter and the whole Georgia defense to be honest with you. So <laughs> just it is what we're going against. Guys, what's your expectation when you talk about this this offense and, and going into Philly? We haven't had much from the the running game and the, the the passing game has started to explode over the last couple games. But expectation going into Philly on Sunday. Well I was looking at the numbers last night and, and Philly's a top ten run defense. They're like twenty six against the pass. That tells you all you need to know about what the Cowboys need to do. They're gonna have to throw the ball against this team. And good news is Dak is in a rhythm. He's, you know, says in a rhythm. He's, he's played his best football the last two years. Last Sunday's game may have been his best game in a couple of years, going, going back to 2021. I, mean, I agree. He, 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 he was in that much of a zone and feeling it. And, and, and his 
connection with CeeDee Lamb is off the charts. The good news about Dak and, and is, is that he's going, he's not Mississippi State Dak, but he's early Cowboys Dak in the way he's using his legs. And, you know, if you, I was looking at the numbers and since the injury, you know, his rushing totals, his attempts, his yards were down in 21 and 22 compared to where they were early in his career, and that's because he was trying to be smart, come off the leg injury. You know, we don't run the ball anymore. But now, just talking to Mike McCarthy, talking to Brian Schottenheimer, the scramble drill, they need him using his feet. That's going to make this offense go, whether it's to scramble to pass or scramble to run when you see first downs out there. And he's been more decisive about doing this. And that's another reason why this offense has taken off the past couple of weeks. I also think C.D. Lamb's involvement is huge. And and it's all tied together with Dak, you know, being mobile and and the things that he's doing. But you're seeing C.D. Lamb become more of the number one wide receiver focal point that he should be. And also Brandon Cooks. And and I think once you you have all the weapons at your disposal, Jake Ferguson, I thought, took a nice big step um, the last game. Uh, It's not just about the total numbers and stuff, but you can see the trust that Dak has in him, especially that touchdown pass, to throw it the way they did. Um, I, I think all the stuff is kind of coming together. But as Clarence said, I, I mean, against this team, you have to throw the ball a little bit more. Micah talked about it today with uh, with the with the fronts really setting the tone, and it's going to come down to the offensive line, which has been kind of spotty. And, you know, we talked about how good of a game Dak had last game, and that's fair. But three of the first four plays, he was on the ground in the backfield. And so didn't start well. No. <laughs> and so the offensive line has to play a lot better. Yeah, but 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 we say that and then we never heard from Aaron Donald again. Right, because they got put in another game situation. They got, well, what you know, I'm saying is the offensive line did play better. I mean they yeah. after after those first three snaps and actually the first was on deck. was on deck because they should have got the ball out. But they did play better, and, and you got to give the line credit in what they did because they wouldn't have been able to pass the ball the way they passed the ball if the offensive line didn't take care of their business. Well, I, mean, I think sometimes uh, coaches, people forget, you can run, I mean, you can throw the ball to set up the run. You don't have to say, we're going to run the ball. Set up stars. Yeah. yeah, you can start and loosen them up by throwing the ball, getting up ahead, and dictating the pace in the game, and then let your running game find the flow and the rhythm. And I think they did more of that the other day. And so um, I think, you know, right now their best asset is throwing the ball. Tony Pollard doesn't look like he looked last year. And we can come up with a thousand different reasons why. But the bottom line is you haven't seen the long runs and the 5.2 average and all of that. And so you don't have that explosive running game right now. So what you do best is throw the ball. What you do best is get it to CeeDee Lamb. And now maybe uh, Brandon Cooks can can cook a little bit. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, and I think Mike – Admitted as much begrudgingly yesterday, but coming into the season, we want to run the ball. We run the ball, protect our defense. I'm not trying to light the scoreboard. I'm trying to win games. You know that's that's been his motto. He realized that you he cannot be conservative on offense to win games in this league, and he said on Monday we we cut Dak loose. You know we cut they cut Dak loose. You know they were more aggressive with the passing game because let's be honest, he brought up the running game, brought up Tony Pollard. You know, last year I would say that Tony Pollard was the best, most explosive weapon on this team. No doubt. That's not the case this year. For whatever and, and, and the best weapon on this team is CeeDee Lamb. And and whether that's getting the ball to him as a receiver, letting him run, do those short little routes and whatever else, the hitches, getting the ball outside to CD and Cooks and letting them cook, that's what's going to make this offense and go. And here's the deal. Don't be wasting passes, throwing them to people not named CeeDee Lamb. 
I mean, you can throw a few. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? Like the target distribution, 14. Other they had eight. a lot of distribution, that's, yes. That's how it should be because why? He's your best player. Can I tell this to folks all the time? Now, Chill is not going to get this because he's not really a video game guy. But all y'all who play Madden, do you waste carries on anybody who ain't your best player? No. The answer is no. And so it needs to be the same thing in the NFL. You don't waste carries on guys that ain't the studs, and you don't throw the ball to guys that ain't your stud. So your offensive line, I think you guys talked about it. You were, you're talking about this offensive line and where you are right now with number 77. The stinger happens. Chuma Doga comes in. He's injured, high ankle sprain, or whatever's going on with his ankle. Do, how, where's, your, where's your level of confidence right now? Because it sounds like to me we're going back into this musical chairs offensive line. You know, the funny thing is because I, 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 I was down. I'm looking at this. Practice report that just came out. Let me yeah. see. What was. <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking about that. Chuma was limited. Chuma was limited, so that's good news. Yeah. Okay, Chuma was limited, so I mean, it wasn't. A, I mean, he did lose some. What I'm saying is, it wasn't. Sunday, we thought it was, it was dire when everybody came. Looked like it was bringing the card out, and right. it's a low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. There's a good chance he could play this week, so he should be available. Uh, Tyron had the stinger, and they rested him last week, and, and they didn't practice him today, but. They're confident he could go this week. And I was, you know, I was talking to myself. And okay. I was like, self, you know, all I see is can you trust Tyron to stay healthy? Can you trust Tyron to stay Why do they keep messing around with Tyron? What did yourself say back? Self, you don't know if he can stay healthy. Then I looked at some numbers. When Tyron's healthy, he's still one of the best tackles in the league. Right. That's why you play the game. Everybody said that's why you, that's why the Cowboys, when Tyron's healthy, if you look at some of them now, look at some, some analytics. And Tyron, when he's been on the field this year, he's been one of the best tackles, left tackles in the game. And so that's why you still play these musical chairs and and take your chances and hope he played this week because when he's on the field, he's one of the best. When he's not on the field, you you you, you, you got too much doga. But okay. that's what's so maddening about it, Clarence, is that everybody before they even say his name, they have to reference and like a preface to even talking about him. But first ballot Hall of Famer, All Pro, all of those things you say about him. But then in these moments, you you don't know if you have him. Right. But when you do have him, you know he's gonna play at a high level. Hey man, old players get hurt. They get hurt more frequently. They take longer to get healthy. And, and there's one reason why they addressed his contract in the offseason. They made him take a pay cut. They made him earn his, you know, he don't get paid when he don't play. You know, he got he got roster game bones. That way he looked, the way he looked on the sideline the other day. <laughs> you know, he don't get paid when he don't play. He's going to call the Texas so Workforce some, Commission there, there's about There's some that. incentives to, for him playing and being on the roster, being active for game days. But, but yeah, so it's, it's – it, you, you, you theoretically – Ideally, you want a long-term solution. You want to be able to trust that your left tackle is going to be there. That's not the situation they're in. And there's nobody – we talked about frenzy. Everybody looking for offensive linemen. Everybody got offensive line issues, okay? And so there's nobody out there who could help them uh, fix that problem in midseason. And so they're going to have to roll the dice and go with what you got. Now, I would say that and, – and, and one other thing is that Tyler Smith is playing so well at left guard. Do you really want to make him left tackle? No, not unless you move him out there for the year. I'm just saying, but even going forward in the future, I mean, he could be, he may be playing as well as any level. Let's be the dirty little secret. He's playing better than Zach Martin. Is that a little secret? Well, most people don't want to believe that, but he's playing the numbers. He's been their best offensive lineman this year. He's playing better than Zach Martin. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's one of the best left guards in the league. And if you're playing better than Zach Martin, you're one of the best left guards in the league. Why, why, why won't you just leave me a left guard for your career? And, and tackles the, is a more valuable position. For, it is. But yeah. go get you a tackle. That's a draft issue. Right, that's a draft yeah. issue. Next you go get you a tackle. You know, so 
and 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 I guess as we talk and, and just all these things come to mind, you know, Lil Collins is out there, right? Oh man, there's a reason. Well, yeah. uh, he's healthy. You play him at guard and move Tyler to left tackle. That's intrigue right there. Well, you see how <laughs> the wheels, everybody's wheels, are spinning right now when you say Lael Collins because the, I think people are the word on the street with Lael is he may be shot from from hips being able to I don't move. No, man, I just don't like to spin the block with. You know, you, you ain't broke never spin the block. You you broke up, Come on now, it's been some. Is he broke up? I said they broke up. Go find somebody else. Ain't nobody else out there. But you know what you got when he's healthy and ready to go. Is he healthy? The question is, is he healthy? If he's healthy, do you kick the tires? Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is this, and we're, we're, we're talking about missing the matchup. Would you rather have Tyron Smith? I mean, if, if Tyron Smith's not available, would you have, rather have Chuma Adoga at left tackle, Tyler Smith at left guard, or Tyler Smith at left tackle and Leo Collins at left guard? That's what I'm talking about. I might rather have Chuma. He's, yeah, right. that's what yeah. I'm saying. Chuma at left guard is an, ap- is an no, option. He's, no, 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 no. He's no, more no. of a tackle. He's better at tackle. No, that's, I'm yeah. saying he's been a, he has not been a disaster at tackle. Right, he's been he, all right. He's not, but they but they they don't want to play him at guard because he's not a, as good a guard as a tackle. Yeah, and that's where his experience is. I mean, he came into the league as as a tackle, have all the reps and experience as a tackle. His first snaps as a guard was here in Dallas, and he was serviceable. But but either way, this week rage is on, guys. And there's been a lot of stories coming out in the media. Have you guys stumbled upon any backstories? You saw the the coordinators talk, the head coach talk. Anything juicy happening for you guys and what you're writing? Well, I, I think I, I think just seeing the way that the players are approaching it is is kind of interesting. It's a little bit it's a little bit uh, all over the place. I mean, there are some guys who are just like Micah said today. There's, no, there's nothing, or was it Jaron? I, I, one of the players up in the locker room said, you know, there's just nothing left to say. There's nothing. There's not a whole lot more talking oh, to do. Man. Nothing yeah. like that. No bulletin board material. Huh? Well, no, but then you have your starting quarterback who's like, pour some honey on me if you see me in a bear <laughs> fight. So. Uh, it, it's kind of Jerry Jones is saying he doesn't want to talk about it, and so not gonna poke the bear is what he said. You know, it's it's funny because Dak was incredulous. He's like, "What yeah, is really? Jerry talking about? Why is Jerry saying this? You know, we ain't scared of nobody. We ain't scared to talk about nobody." And and realistically, he, he also said just didn't believe that Jerry wasn't gonna be talking. Yeah, but he, but but he also like. Whether we talk about it or not, this is a big game. Everybody knows it's a big game. I and mean, you can't hide from Cowboys Eagles. Right. No. It's there. You know, it's there. So sit up and you can't hide from it. You know, it's, it's Cowboys Eagles. And and you know, when he so he just made a play, you know, look, we love Spicy Dak. Dak is has been more colorful. Spicy Dak. Yeah, he's been more, yeah, he's been more colorful than <laughs> like with, spicy mustard. He's been more colorful <laughs> with the media been, you know, he's he been sassy man. with us this year compared sassy, to spicy. Oh, spicy, sassy, all of that. He's been a little spicy this year. <laughs> and so when, when and he said, I ain't, you know, you see me in the bear fight, help the bear. You know, put some honey on me. I ain't scared of poking the bear. Jerry talking about poking the bear, I ain't scared of poking the bear. You like that from your quarterback. Man, we going to call animal control. They're going to take our last break here on Media Mash and be right back. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 
5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Back here on Media Mash, John Jock Taylor, Taylor, Shad Youssef, my man Clarence Hill Jr. All in the building, man. It's uh been great getting a lot of uh insight on what's going on, backstories in the locker room. Side wouldn't give us no locker room material. He got all the goods, but it's okay. We're just gonna keep pulling that and finally he's gonna tell us something. But I want to talk about this defense, y'all. Uh Deron Bland. Have, and I don't think he's on a he's on a historical march. He has three pick sixes this season. And for you guys that have been handling that's been covering this team for so long, have you ever seen a, a guy come into the league and have the impact that Deron Bland is having right now? No, I mean let's be honest about it. And you know, you know, I remember last year he 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 showed up training camp making plays. You know, I, I remember him training camp, and late in the season last year, he was when he had with force a start, he was making plays. He's it's, the game has not been too big for him, and some people have that knack. Because I was asking Mike, and I was asking Dan, you know, because we've seen cornerbacks here who can cover who don't make plays on the ball. Well, I mean, know, Brandon, Byron Jones Bi- come to mind. Byron Jones will make no plays on the ball. What's the other cornerback from Colorado? Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr was the same. Same way. way. What's the other cornerback in Colorado? Second round pick. They went to Cincinnati. I can't. My mind is gone. Oh, uh, Cheeto. 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 He would be. He'll be around the ball. Be around. Be right on the man. <laughs> <laughs> make no plays on the ball. What the, what, what noise did the catch make? I mean, <laughs> I mean like, it's like, but, 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 but seriously, I mean, this guy, you know. <laughs> he makes plays. He has just a knack for the ball oh. showing up, making plays in the ball. The other night, everybody talking about Puka, 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 Puka. Okay, we ain't seen Puka. Puka, 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 <laughs> Puka, Puka caught one. Right. Bloop. Pick it. Yeah. He said bloop. Yeah. That was a bloop. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bleep, but a bloop. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, just he just has a knack. He he just makes plays, makes plays uh-huh. on the ball, and and so yeah, it, it's been fun. I remember I was telling people when 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 uh. Diggs got hurt, and everybody was complaining about what they going to do, what they going to do. And I was like, it was the same weekend they had all the in Arizona getting the offensive linemen I went down. I said, you got better options of backup cornerback than you have backup offensive linemen, okay? I ain't worried about 
the defense, yeah. uh, the cornerback position, and I'm more worried about the offensive line. And and certainly he he's certainly lived up to that. He's just been amazing uh, for for a young cat. I mean he's he's certainly he first team all pro right now. And I, I don't think that in Dallas we've seen anything like that. Obviously, Morris Claiborne had all the hype and everything, but that didn't pan I mean, out. What's up with Trayvon Diggs like two years ago, though? Right. right. But we're talking like aside from the current iteration of players, like, you know, going back, um, I don't think so. But at, at the same time, I think Deron Bland, what he's doing is, is also not all, you know, it's not just a happenstance. I mean, th- this dude puts in a lot of work. He's he's always prepared. He always knows exactly where you know how to anticipate the ball but you know I, I asked Jaron curse about him after the game the other day and Jaron did laugh and say just quarterbacks forget how to throw the ball when they're throwing in his direction sometimes I mean that pass Matthew Stafford threw to cup I mean there was, it looked like there was a miscommunication there between him and cup but I mean it was just it was right to Deron Bland and and he capitalizes on it so I think I think credit goes both ways and I think it's really important for him to be that way because you know I, I talked to Mike McCarthy about this today and a few weeks ago, he said the defense is the identity of this team. So if the defense is the identity, they got to show up every single week and they got to set the tone. Well, they create a lot of turnovers, but you know, the thing about it is, and I think we talked about it one day, the reason why Larry Brown was the MVP of the Super Bowl is why he caught them. He caught them easy passes. Well, yeah, well, cause they, I would because I was saying because of Prime, because they was going to them. Because yeah, can't caught them, but. You know, Cats always drop these easy interceptions. Listen. We're like, hey, how did you drop that in? Well, he doesn't drop them. And that's the whole key because a lot of guys have them and can't make the play. And you just shake your head and go, I can't believe you dropped that. Uh, matter of fact, I think he even dropped one. I mean, he, he dropped had one three. last week. He dropped one against uh, the Chargers. He, yeah, he, had, he had one. Three. He would have been a pick six against the Chargers. He dropped yeah. one against the Chargers. He, had, he was going too fast. But yeah, the league is littered with defensive backs who dropped interceptions. Um, the, littered. So let's let's get into these Eagles uh, wide receivers because the the setup for Deron Bland is the matchup that you have coming up with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Now, you without Stephon Gilmore, I would put Gilmore on with, Brown. You and, would and because he's bigger. I don't think Brown is as fast. I, I'll put Gilmore on Brown and 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 put a, a, a Bland on Smith. That's what I would do if you I would could. Tra- you would travel. You would travel. Gilmore. I would do that. Oh man, I wish he was on the last show I just did. Yeah, <laughs> we had a we had a whole conversation about that, and and just the whole the Deron Bland uh, being on Devontae Smith, and also uh, AJ Brown being on Gilmore. That that was to me the, the thing that made sense from Dan Quinn's uh, schematically. But other people see it other ways because of the emergence of Deron Bland trusting him on one side with Stephon Gilmore on the other well, side. The main thing is you just got you got to put your hands on AJ Brown. You can't be giving him free release and let right. him get into his route un, un, undisturbed. And so as long as you can do that, you know, and if he can – and that's why the size matters because he's a big physical dude. Uh, he is. Yes, that's why it's the size thing because Gilmore's a little bigger. And, and, and so that that's why I would put him on. And and and, and, and I think that, you know, uh, from the speed standpoint, he can match up with his speed, but he can match up with, with Smith's speed. So if, if I had to match him up, and I don't know if they're going to match him up, just leave him on the same side. That's how I would match him up for sure. Listen. Yeah, I mean, I think I think traveling with Bland is a lot easier uh, and a lot more convenient because he's obviously played in the slot, played outside, so he can travel with the receiver inside and out. And I think you put Gilmore on, on the top receiver so on the outside. Let me, okay, so I'm, let me get this right. You're saying travel Bland with A.J. Brown. Travel Bland with whoever. go If a, if a receiver goes into the slot, whether it's A.J. Brown or Devontae, you can put him in and keep Gilmore on the outside because you know Gilmore's – uh, a top notch on the outside. So, 
That matchup, for me, that's the most intriguing one. And then what is front of mind is this Philadelphia Eagles running game. Um, I, I think that's one of the things you have to come into this game saying, we got to stop this running game because Swift, I mean, he is a physical he downhill just, runner. Yeah, but he's just a guy. He ain't special. Just a guy? Yeah, he ain't special. Why do you think he was free this summer? Okay. He okay. I mean, he, he's a he's a solid back, but he ain't special. I mean, he ain't. AJ I think Peterson. you. I think you turn a guy that may be a mid level guy into something that's they a, a little above average with that offensive line that you have. Okay, I still, and the quarterback. I still ain't worried about no. Would you? How did you describe him? A little bit above average. Yeah. Okay, like I said, he's just a guy. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, he's a good running back in the National Football League, but he ain't ain't nobody sitting up at nighttime. Dan Quinn ain't sitting up at nighttime about. Oh my God! We got we, we got just went up against Connor. We just went up against James Connor in in Arizona, and I think James Connor switched the mentality between a mid if, if they, above if, average if, running back that gassed you. Well, I mean that was a, that, if the defensive line does what they supposed to do. True. Then a guy like DeAndre Swift, I mean, he gonna get what he get, which is have a decent game or whatever. So to me, it's much more about the Cowboys being physical at the point of attack and doing what they supposed to do with their run fits and getting lined up right than it is the running backs. Now, you got to deal with the Eagles' offensive line, uh, which has been better, um, and they create problems for you. But, you know, there's a reason why they got three or four running backs and ain't none of them special. Also, I think Jalen Hurts is just the X factor. I mean, that, yeah. that dude, that dude he, he helps your running game with just his presence. So now watch the watch the uh, Swift go hit him for like one thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he, he may hit him for one thirty because he's that. I mean, he's, he's fast. It's just like the running back they had last year. I mean, he's doing nothing in Carolina. I mean, True. what, what I, the the passing game? What I'm saying, he's a system back and yeah. he fits their system. The passing game, the, the threat of Jalen Hurts as a runner, you have to worry about that. That opens things up. That offensive line is amazing. That that helps him, and he's fast, and so that 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 helps him. But I don't think he's no great back. But yeah, he fits that sense. It's the reason why Detroit let him go too. And and last thing, guys, it, it, it's Jalen Hurts probably hasn't been having his great statistical year uh, because of the interceptions and, and losing the ball. But still, they are winning. And I don't want to say in spite of, but they're, they're still 7-1. and one. All right, so when you look at this offense and you look at this quarterback that did have an MVP vote and took them to the Super Bowl last year, what are your thoughts on Jalen Hurts and the way that he's approached these first eight games of the season? Well, they make plays at winning time, man. And so, I mean, he's a winner. And so he can have a bad game or a bad half or a bad quarter or a bad series. At the end of the day, if you put him in position to win. And he's, he's done that his whole business. career. I That's mean, what I college, mean. like, you know, Alabama, OU, whatever. So he's a winner. He don't get flustered, you know. And right. you watch him, he's so calm and he never is, is sped up. But the, the the thing for the Cowboys, he has turned the ball over. So you have to take care, take advantage of the turnovers. And this is Jalen Hurts is not 100%. He has a knee injury. He is playing with a brace on his knee. Got a bone bruise. Okay. Well, he's playing with a brace on his knee. That's what they call it, a bone bruise. I remember some people had bone bruise and then it was microfracture. But, you know, I see some, Whole other thing. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. Whatever it is, it, 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 it's something. It's something that's limited him from being full onslaught. Jalen Hurts who can, you know, run down the field. But Cowboys need to take advantage of that. Take advantage of that for sure. Wow, this is a big one, man. We got uh, so much to talk about, so many great stories that you guys are going to be writing uh, this week. John Jock Taylor, I apologize, bro. It's all good. I, I ain't even know, thought Heckman about it. Heckman don't no mess more, up like that, man. Heckman come <laughs> in, man. He handling his business every time. Saad from The Athletic. 
You got it. I got it. All right. Clarence Hill Jr. in the building, man. We'll see y'all again on Media Mash. All right, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?